Hey everybody, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hello and welcome everybody. Today we have a killer show lined up for you. Three amazing songwriters, hit songwriters, Jesse Lee, Tia Sillers, and Jennifer Hansen. And yes, all female songwriters in country music. And they'll be talking with Marty and I about some of the challenges and rewards of being a female country songwriter in today's world. So our first conversation today is with Jesse Lee. Now, Jesse wrote some hits for Brett Young. She's written for Keith Urban, just an amazing writer. And let's jump on in it. We talked about this briefly before we started tonight, but there you are one of the, I won't say few, there are quite a you know, number of female songwriters, but there aren't as many female songwriters as we would like in Nashville. No, not nearly. And so I just thought maybe you could kind of tell, because we have a lot of female songwriters out there, kind of what have been some of your challenges, you think, as a female songwriter in Nashville? Um, I think there's a lot. I think um, off the top of my head, I think the biggest ones are melodies, because it took me a while to realize the difference between a female melody and a male melody. And um, I can tell now, it, you know, if I write with another girl, um, you know, just because it's a great melody doesn't mean that a guy can... I mean, there's range. There's a lot to do with range. Right. But then there's also a lot to do with notes and movement. And girls, the notes move more. And the melodies are... I mean, more interesting, too, right. usually. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot. I mean, in this genre, we don't have pop male singers, which can go right crazy octaves, crazy notes. They can kind of sing whatever. So, Oh, I know. Um, I mean, when I started writing here, there were only certain singers that could sing my songs, female singers and the few guys that had a lot of range. Yeah. And I just refused to, like, compress the melody. But that's kind of what you have to learn after a while yeah. if you want to get other singers to sing yeah because then people will hear it and say well i can't sing those notes right. yeah. um you know brett young always laughs because every time i sing a melody he's like uh like i, I can't reach that <laughs> where, where are you going up there and um but it does it and takes, he's a great singer too, and he's a great so, yeah, yeah he's a great singer and so it takes learning where like where my voice lives and where that is for a guy so if i'm singing these notes i'm like wait what is that what does that sound like for a guy so if i'm if i'm singing if I'm singing what I think is a chorus melody, it's usually a verse in the verse oh, wow. land for a man, you know, yeah. and um, just for the, the range. Yeah, for yeah. the range. So every I'm like, oh, this is a chorus melody. And then they start singing. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, oh, shoot, that's a verse. <laughs> and um, so, you know, that's that's one thing. I think that's been that was an obstacle for me and something that I had to learn. Um language usually and some you know a lot of females will write softer and then i'll get in with guy artists and you know it happens less now but i mean most of them say i'm a i'm a pretty big guys girl and even even i'll say some yeah. stuff sometimes in the room that guys are like no a guy would never say that <laughs> that sounds way too soft or yeah. you know um all these guys want to be macho country artists and so um some you know it's funny, there, there's a fine line between them loving a woman's perspective and then them feeling like a woman wrote it. Right. <laughs> um, that's one. And then the other thing is just probably like a lot of it has to do with the hang and that, you know, a lot of my co-writers have hangovers from hanging out with all the guys the night before. Right. And they're 
hanging out at bars and they're like, oh, dude, that would make a great song idea. We should go write that tomorrow. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, and they're all good friends. And so they all want to be in rooms together. And all of a sudden, if you're not going out and hanging and one of the bros, then it's harder to get into those cliques and those circles Mm -hmm. that all the guys are writing in. Um, The other that I've talked to my publisher about a lot lately is um, we can't go out on buses as women because other women, girlfriends, wives, um, you know, so a a lot, that's kind of a big thing now, or like, you know, Tree Vibe sends out the bus or a lot of these bus trips and, and the artists are so busy on the road that a lot of these guys are like, I'll just meet you wherever and I'll take the bus out with you. So it's not possible being a female writer. Um, So I feel like, you know, I have some missed opportunities there or even these writing trips, you know, mm. where you'll see a bunch of guys go on. Um, so, yeah, so those are all challenges. You know, I um, I talked about I just had a a recent number one party for my Brett Young song. Right. And, and I did. I got up and I I mentioned that as as part of my speech, because I really I've I've felt very proud to be a female writer in a town that is male dominant and to be one of the few songs on the radio that has two writers. And I'm a female, and, and I wrote it with just the male artist. Right. Um, and I feel like two ways are very rare nowadays anyway. and um, Because they're, often you need a track guy in the room. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. It's <laughs> we like, don't need them. But... No, it's like all of a sudden, you know, the, the writing start times got later. The rooms got bigger. Yes. I don't know what's happened lately. But, um, yeah, so... You know, I got up and I just said, I feel really proud to be a woman with a two-way number one Um, because I've had, you know, there, I think there was a big difference between me writing a female hit song and then now me writing a male hit song and then being like, okay, like girls can write guy songs too. And we don't need a third person (laughs) to do it. Yeah. Um, so that was like, this one was really special See, to me. What a lot of people don't understand, they feel like, oh, you had one number one. So then instantly, like, you never have to prove yourself again. And it's really the the opposite. Like for you, it's like, OK, I did that with for a female artist. Now let's prove that I can do it for a male artist. I can do it with just two writers in the room. Now That's, I want to do it by myself. Right, yeah, now yeah. I'm like, I want to be Lori McKenna. I want to have a hit by myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So there are challenges. It, oh, there's there's so many challenges. It's actually funny that you said that because I did think that having one hit would make it easier to get in rooms. And it it was a little bit easier, but not nearly as much as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And um, and then that brought up a whole new thing because everyone's like, oh, gosh, you got you got a hit song. And I'm like. Yeah, you know what? The only thing worse than never having a hit song is only having one. <laughs> like that was then my phrase because I'm like, I am like petrified of being a one-hit wonder. Right. So um, now I can. And people. I can now I can retire and just be yeah. like, you know what? I had to. No, <laughs> just kidding. And especially if you co-write, then some people go, well, was it you? Was it the co-writers? So then you have to kind of do it a few times mm-hmm. so that people know. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he's right. been or she's been on enough hits that. That's People why, know. yeah, and that yeah. I think that's another reason you just, yeah, hit the nail on the head. I think that's another reason why I'm excited, because I'm like, oh, this one was a three-way, and then right. on a female, and now it's a two-way, and they're like, oh, okay, she really can yes. write. Exactly. And then as soon, when I have my, my solo one, hopefully, <laughs> it'll be I'm more I'm working on that, too, myself. <laughs> you are, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's hard, huh? But, um, yeah, I've... Uh, 
I've, it's it's really hard, especially when you have so many great writers here in town. Because even when I start things by myself, I'm like, oh, I could bring it to so and so or so and so. And, and um, but yeah, I have I've written one song by myself that I'm in love with. But I'm just I'm waiting for the day. You've been listening to my conversation with the talented Jesse Lee. Next up, I'm going to catch up with Tia Sillers. Um, Grammy-winning songwriter, hit songwriter, just a phenomenal force of nature. And we're going to jump into my conversation with her now. Do you want... I know you were a a champion of women in music. Do you want to talk at all about about the state of that? Because I know when you started, it was different. We had the Faith Hills and the Trisha Yearwoods and the Rebas, and there were all these female artists... um, out there, and I know that's changed. So I was just wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Well, first of all, this makes me love you so much, Clay, because I, I told you before we started the podcast that I kind of was really riled up and wanted to talk about it. But then I knew that you, as the podcast guru, host, whatever, that you could nudge it one way or another. And, and I've always loved how conscious you are about creativity, and then also about gender. And I always loved, that was one of the reasons why I loved writing with you. We always wrote songs. I do not believe that you and I ever sat in a room and we ever went, you're a man, I'm a woman. Whoa, you know what I mean? It was, it was. we were professional songwriters trying to harness something. Yes. And so, yes, I will say in 1990, 1991, when I came, when I arrived in Nashville really on the scene, uh, I would say, first of all, there was a proclivity of women songwriters. There was a proclivity of male songwriters. There was a number of, um, of uh, I, I guess I would say, gay, gay women songwriters. That was not an issue. It wasn't an issue. It was just a thing. They happened to be gay. We knew they were gay. It's no big deal. Um, there um, were, 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 publishing companies and the publishers hooked you up with writers. It was all really very much on music row. I, I do not, there were, there were so many women like Kai Fleming was like a superstar songwriter at the time. Mm. And, uh, and Gretchen Peters, uh, Beth Nielsen Chapman, there were so many women. And then there were women in the, in the charts. I would say we were close to 50, 50. So it wasn't really ever an issue. And also, too, that I just by my gender, you I was signed because my publisher thought I was an interesting cat, not because, oh, she'll write great women's songs. And I swear to God, I never felt the gender issue until I would say a couple of things. One, deregulation of radio happened in 1998, of which things became bigger company owned corporate owned things to where it became less of a mom and pop. There were less pockets of places in the world that music could pop. That's number one. Then concurrently with that came nine 11. And I think nine 11 made everybody incredibly fearful and angry. And, you know, there was the boot in your ass song with t- t- Toby Keith. Mm-hmm. There was the, have you forgotten bin Laden song? And I think that that just became the, that started the beginning of, what we now call bro country two two decades in a bro country. Right. Yeah. And then, then I said, now granted, this is just a podcast. So hopefully I won't get in trouble for saying this, but I said at the time, it's like, wow, women songwriters have entered a burka moment. This, I said this back in like 2000, 
three. It's like we had to wear veils. All like, suddenly we can only write women's songs. Like it was amazing. Like we couldn't, there were no women on male songs anymore. My last male country song I had was Alan Jackson's That'd Be All Right. And then poof, the only way I could get a cut was with a woman. I'm like, what the hell happened, right? I, 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 any genre, all genres need to change and evolve. And I can completely embrace country music insofar as this is an era and now it changes. And I'm very curious. I'm hopeful that it will change because I'm curious to know what this next change is because I loved the change before this. So maybe I'll love the next change. And you're not supposed to love all music, right? I mean, and you're not supposed to yeah. love all genre. And and as Bart Herb- Herbison, the fabulous president, leader of NSAI always said is, you know, Tia, the people who are writing the hits right now, whether you love them or not, they love them. So all the writers that have had the success for this time, they're happy as clams because these are, this is their time. It's just not our time. And I do think that art goes in cycles and I, you know, it's my hope that a song is going to come along. Like I, I hope you dance that will inspire people once again to start, you know, striving a little higher. And I, I have heard, from artist friends, um, you know, on labels that there's been a realization that the past, you know, five or seven years, it became more about tracks and cool sounds and that they're really starting to, to talk about we need to have better songs. I think I think it's coming around again. And, you know, I think it goes in cycles. The Beatles started out with, you know, I want to hold your hand and they evolved into strawberry fields. So I, I think all of this, you know, comes back around. At least that's my hope. And then if that's the case of operating that we have to believe that, the most lovely thing about that is that whether or not that belief ever manifests itself, I would rather spend my days crafting things, operating under that belief than not. Yes. Well, I think the world deserves to hear more Tia Siller songs. And I'm so glad we got to talk to you today um, and just share your energy and your your zest for life. I read somewhere that says Tia Sillers is a badass songwriter. <laughs> so I I have to agree with that. She's not a female songwriter. She's just a badass songwriter. Oh, Clay, I love you. And that was in American... Um, songwriter magazine. Yes. So, gosh, Clay, thank you. And that, that you just made my day because you're a badass songwriter. And once again, you're not a male songwriter. <laughs> you're not, you're just a badass songwriter. And that's what we want to be a badass songwriter, a gifted songwriter, a talented songwriter. As a matter of fact, when I got my Grammy, that was my favorite thing was it just said a songwriter on it, which I just loved so much. And there you have it. That was my conversation with badass songwriter Tia Sillers. I'm going to kick it over to Marty to wrap up today's show. And he's going to let you in on a conversation he had not long ago with Jennifer Hansen. And I think you're really going to like this. I've got two more topics I want to cover with you real quick. One is you, you have navigated the, the male world of the music business very well. But what challenges have you faced being a woman? And, you know, what sort of encouragement would you give other women trying to become songwriters or artists? Mm -hmm. Well, 
I have to say that overall in my career, I have felt very fortunate that, um, you know, I've had a lot of incredible mentors that have been men that have, that have helped and supported me through my career. Um, I, I, I think the one area where I've had to really feel like I've had to prove myself is as a producer, because it's just not traditionally, there's not a lot of female producers. And that's one space where for the longest time, I didn't even call myself a producer, even though that's exactly what I was doing. You know, I produ- I co-produced my, my records for Capital. Um, I co-produced my records for Universal South. I've, you know, always done my own demos. Um, but I never, I, I didn't proudly wear that hat because maybe because I just, I don't know, I didn't, didn't feel maybe worthy of it. I'm not sure. But now I do. And because I am a producer and I'm in that studio working just as hard all the, you know, 24 seven. Um, I think that's probably the one area where I have found it to be a little bit challenging. And um, I do think now there's been a lot more opportunity for women and those doors have opened and there's been more support for women producers and so forth. Um, and that's been a great thing, but overall in my career, I do feel that I've been, I've been pretty fortunate that I haven't felt like, um, I don't know that I've lost something because I was a woman versus a man. I mean, it's difficult, uh, being a female country writer in a predominantly male format is challenging. That's challenging because if you look at the country charts, what like 90% are male. So as a female writer, um, it's a little bit more difficult to get on those records. And so I have to be a little bit more thoughtful and a little bit more strategic about making sure I'm writing male songs, you know, try so that I can give myself an opportunity to get on those projects. That's, that's definitely a challenge. You know, mm-hmm. just because there's not a lot of female artists out there. I think it's starting to break open a little bit. Um, but that's been a problem in Nashville for a really long time. Really long time. Do you feel like you've had to work maybe harder than a a, a man with your same skill set to be taken seriously at times? Probably. I mean, if we're being honest, yeah. And that there's still times I'm sure people don't there's times, especially when it comes to like, you know, lonest stuff where they don't really see me as producer. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick does. Nick values me, knows exactly what I do and always makes sure that, that I get credit for what I do. But um, I think unless you're in the studio with us and watching what we're doing, then nobody knows, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's probably a fair statement. What advice would you give to female songwriters or artists as far as how to be taken seriously and how, and how to gain respect? I mean, I think you just have to demand respect and, and, you know, it starts with respecting yourself 
first of all. Um, but I think as far as being taken seriously, I think the work speaks for itself. I think that's where that's where it's like it's kind of black or white, you know, it's like it just is or it isn't. And so um, I would recommend just honing your skills, um, educating yourself. If you're if producing is something you want to get into, you know, diving more into that world. And I mean, now with home studios, there's so much that we can do. I mean, this year, especially with COVID, I think it's proven we've all had to get creative and figure out how to do stuff from home. And um, there's a lot of user-friendly software out there and so forth. So, you know, I mean, it's, um, I think the possibilities are kind of endless right now for people. And that's why you have all these young kids making records out of their bedrooms, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they're, they're figuring out a new way to do it. You know, I think what you said is so important that, let your work speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's something I've seen you do over time, over a, a long time now, I guess that we've been working together is every time your name comes up, the, the words hard work or integrity or great crafting of the song, you know, those are the kind of things that, that come up when you're brought up. And I think, you know, so many times I see people trying to get, male and female get it get attention some other way besides mm-hmm. that and I, I think that is just so important that you know if you focus on the quality of the work and on integrity and uh, showing up when you're supposed to be there doing the work um, making sure it's good every time those kind of things uh, can overcome stereotypes or you know or perceptions well, thank well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. But I, yeah, I think that um, I really do think it's as simple as that, you know. And uh, it's when you're when you're um, at doing this business at, at the level you know that we've been doing it. The bar is high. You have to set the bar high. And I set it high and then I set it higher. You know, it's like you have to keep setting goals for yourself and, and, and again, stretching yourself and figuring out how to grow and learn. And um, that's one thing I, I feel proud of is I feel like I've really pushed myself, especially in this last like four or five years, to step way out of my comfort zone, to not be afraid to fail. And trust me, I've failed. I've fallen flat on my face. But you just get back up and you keep going and you get better because you keep trying. That concludes our show for this week. Thank you, Marty and Jennifer. I hope you guys like this as much as I did getting to know three fabulous songwriters. We'll see you next episode of Songtown on Songwriting. Cheers, y'all.